Hello everybody and welcome back to Spirit of Creating and today I'm really really happy to announce I have my first ever guest and this is the great Georgie Sinclair and I'm going to hand over to Georgie who is the creator of Spot the Scroll and artist and mindfulness meditation teacher in training. So I'm going to hand it over to you Georgie to introduce yourself. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me on. It's, um, I feel very honoured to be your first guest, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what do you want to know? Do you want to know about me, what I'm doing? I want to know about what you're doing now and your creative journey, because you've had quite a journey, and I've been mm. following you on Instagram for years. Mm. And so I'd like to know about the journey, how you got onto Instagram, how you started your creative journey and what you've been going through in the most recent times to where you are now and what's brought you to mindfulness and linking that with creativity. Okay, well, I'll try not to go on for too long. Just tell me. Feel free, feel free. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Instagram, wow, that's been, I've been there for quite a long time. I started Instagram when my daughter was born um, as a way of, being creative and sharing what I was doing when she was napping and that she's eight now so quite a while ago um and yeah it just sort of started from there I'm not a trained artist I'm sort of self-taught I've done graphic design for years worked in digital marketing made websites a bit techie you know so I'm not new to creativity but being an artist wasn't my path at the time um so yeah she was born so I was just mucking around with my phone as you did in those days and this amazing app called Instagram came along and I was posting what I was making and because I just had this sort of time out while she was napping I was playing with flowers because they were around they were like accessible so I was playing with the flowers and photographing and posting and you know it was those days where it was a lovely lovely community and you, you got engagement and you could see things in chronological order and we'd chat and you got to know people. You just, it was lovely, built up this lovely community of people. Um, and it just grew from there. I, I just think I got lucky. There's a, obviously the flower thing on Instagram is really big. Mm-hmm. And I think I got in there at a good time, really. And I, I started mixing. It, it was basically a sketchbook, really. I was mixing the flowers and I was playing around with illustration. I was putting the two together with some photography. And yeah, and it just it was a pure experiment. And people seemed to like what I was doing. And I created this um, character called Sussy Dufleur. Yes, I remember her. I remember her. <laughs> she, she did so well. I sometimes think about bringing her back. Bring her back, even if she just makes a cameo appearance every now. Oh, really? Should I? Oh, that's that's interesting to hear because people seem to love her. Yeah, and we if we followed you from the beginning, she's someone we associate slightly with you. Like when you said the illustration with the flowers, that really triggered the. Oh, we did it. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, I might have to because I. I went off her for a really long time, but I, I can't, I'm back, Bring I'm her back, back. Her now. Bring her back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she she was the one that did, did did me well, really. She was this little character with these little flower dresses and she was all pretty and pastel and it was all very lovely. And I suppose a little bit of escapism. Um, and she got picked up and shared a lot. And then she was picked up by brands and they wanted me to create illustrations for the best thing that ever happened was I created some makeup packaging 
um so I've got lipsticks with sassy de fleur on and stuff yeah that was like that was one of the best things that came out of this whole journey um yeah and so she was picked up shared got some brand work out of that um god I've really you know talking like this you really see how I've chopped and changed over the years so I was doing that and then I started messing around with um the camera and uh stop motion illustration and you know faffing around with that creating the stop motions and at the same time doing the illustration and not on the high street had approached me and I had an Etsy shop so I was selling prints of sassy and of leafy flowery things that I was doing and at the same time I was developing my stop motion animation and then that got picked up and that did really well and that's when I started doing more influencer work and more um, brand work and I had an agent and yeah and and I freelance doing stop motion animation as well as selling illustration on the side as well for, for quite a long time. A really big it kind of blew up blew up a bit. Yeah, yeah, it did. I think Sassy, she she really grew the my account. Yeah. And then yeah, because of that, I suppose brands were interested in, you know, commissioning me and giving me stuff as they do. Um and yeah, but you know, it's funny because whenever I used to post something that was sponsored, mm. it would get terrible engagement. I don't think people liked it. I was very aware of this. And this was the this was the trigger. This was the trigger in my head that really started to change things for me. Because as I was posting sponsored content and making all this stuff, if I didn't, if a post didn't do very well, yeah. it really started to affect me. Oh. And it and it got to the point where I didn't want to post. I was afraid of posting in case it didn't do very well. And I lost followers. And if I lost followers, I wouldn't be as uh, attractive to brands. Yeah. I wouldn't get the work that would therefore, you know, it's like this spiral. Yeah. I wouldn't get the work. I wouldn't get the money in it. And it, it was a business and the joy of creating where I first started all those years ago yeah. just went completely and it was all about numbers and algorithm and engagement and la 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 la. Can I also just there you know mm. did you have a sense of euphoria when you got to a stage where you were working with brands you think this is doing really well I'm enjoying this and then was that an internal chatter that made you think oh no I've got to keep this up now and what does this mean now and or was it was there an external outcome where were you noticing that oh my figures are dropping no no brands are approaching me as much anymore so was there a correlation or was there just your internal fear and then nothing happening untoward outside if you see what I mean uh oh it's probably initially it was my internal critic my <laughs> imposter syndrome of I'm not a trained artist, how can I be doing this? Yeah. You know, I'm self-taught, yeah. you know, just total imposter syndrome. And then I think algorithm, the algorithms did change. Mm -hmm. And then there, there was a correlation between, and obviously there was more people coming up and fashions change on Instagram. What I was doing, a lot of people had, was that were then doing and, and then it became something else was fashionable and so the brands were going for those accounts so it was just a natural progression but I took it very personally mm. and internalized it and thought oh I'm rubbish you know a real crisis of confidence yeah. thing going on and then oh, it was around 
2018, I think. I had a, I just had a meltdown and I walked into my, into my husband was shaving at the time in the bathroom and I walked in, it was the morning and I was knackered because I hadn't slept very well because I was worrying. I used to dream Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I just stood there and I said, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know who I am anymore. It was like this real emptiness. Mm. And I, my idea, my creative ideas, I didn't feel they were my own. I just felt I was following fads and whatnot. Um, and I knew I had to change. I knew that this platform had done something to my brain. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of a, that was the moment. You know, you have these moments in your life <laughs> where all things seem to just go from there. And that was my moment of just having this meltdown. Um, and it wasn't really until about six months later that I I think I stopped posting it's all a bit of a blur now to, to be honest but during that six months I started doing a I did a C, um, MBCT mindfulness-based cognitive therapy oh, yeah. course yeah because I was having trouble sleeping and anxiety and just feeling generally rubbish so I started doing that and that really helped I was still doing the Instagram thing, but that mindfulness was really helping me. And I realized that a lot of my anxiety was coming from this job I had, this Instagram social media thing. I mean, and I'm I'm this one of these people that, you know, is quite sensitive and takes things to heart anyway. So sometimes I think for people who are a little bit like that anyway, social media isn't brilliant for your yeah, mental health. I, I, I kind of think also that sensitivity can be a real portal for creatives because it's yeah. a sensitivity that touches some other unknown space that leads to the creative process and the outcome and then we're sharing it on a platform like Instagram and like you said initially it feels great like this symbiosis with a community and your creativity but it can turn when it turns into a business like there's another aspect to creativity when it turns into a business yeah I think then our sensitivities can then sometimes work against us exactly it's a help and a hindrance isn't it really yeah Yeah. and it's managing that um which they don't teach you no and I don't when you begin I think like when I started on Instagram I didn't think of it like that like I was just sharing I thought this is brilliant that this exists as a platform it's free we can share our work it felt like all well, the gatekeepers had been taken away because I'm self-taught. So it was really difficult to get into the industry before. And all of a sudden I felt like, oh, I'm allowed in. I can just share my work and I don't have to wait for someone to let me in. Yeah. Um, but then as you said, as time goes on, it becomes like, it can become quite a negative, it has negative impact on you. And there's a pressure that's unheard of really because it's, taken so lightly social media it's like well just post on instagram it's just a post on instagram it's not anything to write home about but as a creative behind those posts they're not just posts they they lend themselves in so many directions none of us are really just randomly posting we think about the content how it's received how it's put across what it says about our brand how it's received by our customers It's, it's a massive minefield so i think we have a disconnect with seeing it as some kind of you know like fun platform that you just share your dinner on which it can be and then when as a business a whole different it's got whole it's a different beast thing and you're emotionally invested yeah you are and you do think it says something about you because it's very hard to disengage your creative work which we feel is really a part of us 
and we're exposing that to the world like a journal extract and then at the same time we're allowing it, the whole world to see it and we all know we should live for vanity metrics like likes and comments but it's really hard as a human being not to engage oh, yeah. i mean we're not robots you know so we no, just and you know oh, i'll get onto this but these platforms are designed to get into our brains and make us feel like that and, and play not make us feel like that but they play on these very human characteristics of wanting validation the platforms play on that yeah. um, I mean, they're created for that they're, they're just like fast food is created to hit our taste buds for salt and sugar exactly. yeah. you know, social media those red dots and those likes yeah. they release exactly. you know dopamine hits yeah Exactly, exactly. Valley know about that. They're not just creating platforms just for the fun of it like that. They're not. No. They're not. They're, they're creating them to uh, to make money yes. at the end of the day. They're businesses. And and as, me- as much as they've given us opportunity, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, I mean, it's a hard one, isn't it? We know what they're doing. And at the same time, we're still using them. and We're still yeah. relying on them. And I haven't found a happy place with that yet. No, because I have these little fantasies of um, coming off social media altogether. And I just can't fathom how I would run the business fully without without that platform. So I have great admiration for businesses that are self-sufficient enough with their mailing list or their community outside of social media to, if they decide to, to come away completely. And I don't know if I'd come away completely, but... Always, there's always this little fantasy of imagine if you just didn't have to do social media and you yeah. were there and you were still creating and there was still a business but it wasn't reliant or you didn't feel it was reliant on social media and yeah, I think the naivety when we all start on social media that it's just, it is a wonderful platform because it is and it's a wonderful opportunity and then there's this other side to it, which nobody, we don't always talk about, do we? That we're having a conversation about it, but we don't really speak about it like this, the, the darker and heavier side to social media. And, you know, our posts wouldn't do as well if we just kept going on about how much of a labor it is or how difficult we're finding it, because it would become a morbid platform for us then, you know? Yeah. We have to kind of sometimes, there's a putting on a front, which I don't think is good for our mental health that we put an image out there of this glossy reel of success. And somebody might look at your feed and just think, oh, look how phenomenally well she's done. Isn't she lucky, et cetera, et cetera. And not really know anything about behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's not real life, is it? Instagram, social media, it's not real life. And we only present our best self um i mean there are people now who are being a a bit more sort of authentic and i don't like that word to be honest it seems to be banded around that seems to be the um, hijacked a bit bit. it's a bit of a buzzword isn't it oh i'm so authentic with my shiny pictures um yeah it's a it's a it's a strange a strange place but part of part of what i then went on to do was study this very thing yeah and learn exactly what the platforms were doing to our brains and um, why we suffer mental, mentally from, yeah. from com- you know, the comparison, yes. the, the pressure to keep up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all, it's, it's, I wish I could get everyone to do this course that I did because it would be, it's so eye-opening and life, I found it life-changing 
so I probably can say what it was actually it was um, like highlights for us that aren't doing the course but any takeaway from that course (laughs) that you think you know it'd be great for people to know yeah so so the course I did was called consciously digital it's a coaching course and it was I found it as a result of me researching what was happening to my brain and I didn't initially decide I decide I wanted to be a coach I just wanted to learn about what the technology was doing and what the the tech giants do to us and why when I see a little red dot Mm. on my app why do I feel so compelled to to check my phone um so you know first of all the, the, the key thing to remember with with any of these social media media platforms is they want your attention so if you've seen the social dilemma on netflix your attention is 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 money so the longer they keep you in the platform the more ads they can serve you so they're making more money from their advertisers um so every little trick you know all the lovely little shiny uh stories and reels and all these lovely little things to keep you engaged and that the reason that you you go on for five minutes and find yourself there half an hour later it's all very it's all done deliberately um and you know even things like when you open up instagram and there's a very very slight delay yes it's done deliberately because it, it, it just creates that apprehension that done deliberately? It's done deliberately just very slightly and what's happening is in your brain it's the people talk about dopamine yeah. The reason that the whole thing with dopamine is it's the reward, it's the anticipation. So the, 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 it's the anticipation of seeing how many likes you've got, seeing, seeing how many comments you've got, that, that will fire, that, that, that releases the dopamine. So it's the anticipation of the reward. that's why you know there's these little delays you know you get the notification with one or two you know the number whatever on on the uh, on the likes bit and you and you you know you want to see who said you know it's just constant it's constantly at you oh I'll just see what's you know I'll just keep swiping I'll just keep uh, the infinite scroll the reason that you scroll and scroll and scroll it's the it's the reward the reward for scrolling the dopamine is flooding flooding a brain and it feels good and we want more of it so we go back to it it does and also though it's a bit like any kind of thing that's not great for you any addiction you need more of it to get the hit exactly and you're spending longer on a platform because when we first get to it 10 minutes might hit us enough and that's great and then it gets to an hour and you're not getting that hit so you're spending more and more time exactly Exactly. I i didn't know that pause was deliberate yeah all of those little tricks, sneaky tricks. And I'm sure that, that you know, those developers sitting in Silicon Valley aren't bad people no. at all. Um, you know, but, and they, you know, they want to make money. Yes. But just, I just urge people to, re- to remember this and to know that all the little tricks, all the little red dots and hearts and likes and all that stuff, it is done on purpose to keep you in the app and to serve you more ads, to make more money yeah and if you're okay with that yeah brilliant yeah um but it does have an effect and I think it's really difficult as a human being because we're all human and we've got our own patterns of conditioning we might have our own insecurities and then these apps are playing into them and it's hard even if you know the facts like I can know the facts that you know having a certain food group or drink isn't good for me but I can still go ahead and do it 
because there's another system working within me that is conditioned to want that like or want that need or need that approval. And I think this is where with social media it can get really intertwined because it's hard to break out of that. Unless something major happens where you see right through it and you're thinking, no, I don't want to be playing this game to this extent. But you know, you know that sugar, yeah. you know the consequences of sugar. You're very, you know, we all know yeah. sugar, fats, blah, blah, blah. We all know the consequences of having too much of that. And we can make a choice. We yeah. have that choice. Now, I'm not saying we don't have that choice on social media and on apps and, and emails. Another one, really addictive it's it's the fact that it's quite nefarious the, the methods that have been used i find are quite nefarious we're not aware people that's aren't right. aware of the methods that we that, that are being like they're not aware of the data that's being mined as well as we use the apps yeah. and for me it it's about the choice and about transparency that i would like more people to to be aware of and that's why the social dilemma was such a good um documentary if you haven't seen it and um you know there's a lot more people now in the digital well-being world talking about this stuff because it it's a bit more of an awareness game isn't it because like you said, with yeah. groups, we know the outcomes and with it's kind of fairly new as much as it isn't new in the whole world of social media so we don't always know the after effects and the consequences of it and it's exactly. a bit of a slow boil for people to come up and speak about that and say this happened to me this is the effect it's not all just gloss and show highlight reels you know and that's a bit of momentum. it takes a bit of time for that to come forward I think and for all of us to learn from our own experiences that that might be the case yeah and it is I mean it is coming out there's people like me like going yeah. on about it <laughs> which is great which is great um which brings me on to the topic I kind of wanted us to also talk about which is trusting our own guidance our own inner wisdom intuition whatever name we have for it as opposed to being told things and us overriding our own wisdom in mm -hmm. favor of what other people even if they're experts are telling us about ourselves yeah and so when it comes to your creativity and I, I did want to know about this when you were creating that when you created sassy initially and when you started the journey initially the feeling I would think was more intuitive that you know your baby's asleep I want to share something I'm going to do this and then compared to when you're at the height of being branded and, and having an income from it whether the creativity felt different because I know from my experience there's a difference and and whether that's me not following intuition or me now creating for an audience and that that difference is what I'm talking about so can you kind of describe the differences you feel when you're creating from your own intuition and when you're creating from like outer world directives yeah so yes with sassy initially it was just a, oh I'm going to try this this yeah. is fun you know um and that just there was no pressure it was just oh I'm just gonna mess around I'm just gonna play yeah to then feeling like something's expected of you you know you're expected to be creating this character and you know use the flowers and then if you do if you don't then no one's gonna like it yeah there's there's, there's such a difference when you're it's a really different it's a difficult one because if, if you're an artist like I make stuff now 
and nobody sees it and I love it yeah. and I have this real problem sometimes of what's the point yeah but it feels amazing yeah. it feels really good yeah. and then then I'll get a, a brief to do something and it's a pain in the ass yeah and I and, and it's like oh I've got no idea you know there's like this pressure it suddenly becomes a pressure and the joy go come you know goes out of it and I guess that's what happened to me on Instagram is the joy went out of it the joy of creating mm. um and I I often wonder I'd love to hear from other creatives who who get into that you know you've really grown on Instagram and you've got your stuff out there now and you've got you know brands and you work with it's really interesting to to know how other creatives manage the keeping the joy of creating with fulfilling a brief an expectation because as soon as there's other people's expectations on you it becomes a pain in the ass sometimes especially if they want something that you're bored of like that that happened with sassy you know i got bored yeah. yeah i mean a lot of yeah i mean a lot of my work the work i'll be creating now won't be taken up but work I created two years ago there'll be an interest every there seems to be like a two-year lag with everything I create and so yeah. everything I create two years ago there'll be a real interest in and brands will be interested in that will be an uptake but now I'll be currently working on a whole other style of work but they'll be interested in that style and I always think I have to wait another two years before people get engaged with this style of work yeah. there seems to be a bit of a pattern and I don't know sometimes it's like when I'm creating my own work for myself, it's like you said, there's just complete freedom. I'm just literally like a child, just creating art like I would when I was five. There's no difference literally between me creating when I was a child to me creating now. And then somebody will come along, a brand will come along and say, this piece of art we like, could you recreate that in less than 24 hours for four bottles? We're gonna sell this, it has to have this on, it has to have that, go. And it really, and I really try hard not to fall for that pressure. And I try to create like an environment of how I would normally have my creative environment. And I try to relax. And I think just, just do what you love doing. And there's always a difference. There's just never, I can't get that complete flow because when I create, I don't put a deadline on it and I don't put, it has to have these ingredients. The audience have to know they're buying this and, it has to give off a feel of Christmas and you know, all of these kind of notions that people put on the work. And then they'll say, make it look like your work. And I think, yeah. but my work wasn't created with that pressure on it. So it's a real, it's a real, it's a whole other style of work. It's a whole other industry then. Cause you're like, oh, we're doing it like this for this, but we all want to carry on creating. So we need to get paid to be able to carry on creating. This is the disconnect. Yeah, this is where the tension is. The whole be still being creative and still making money if you if you choose to make yeah. money from yeah. your art. Um and 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 being and just being open to that. When you start creating commercially, there is pressure yeah. and you are gonna have a lot more expectation mm -hmm. and deadlines. And some people thrive on that, to be fair. You know, some people love that and that's where they get their creative, they feel more creative yeah. and uh, yeah. But, but it, it, I mean, it really, it just depends on your personality and what you're doing and where you are in your life as well. Yeah. So I gave it all up 
because I didn't want that pressure. No. Gave everything up and got a part-time job to make some money. And then how did that feel? Like, how did that feel? Amazing. Amazing. I was free. I didn't look at Instagram. I, I didn't earn as much money. I'll be absolutely honest. I had to take a big income cut and it was, you know, that was stressful making that decision. Um, but I just thought this is not good for my creativity. I hate it. I'm, I, 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 I'm dreading getting briefs in and this isn't, this isn't a way to, to be. And I've got this voice in my head all the time telling me I'm not good enough or, you know, I should be doing this. You should, should, it's that should word, isn't it? Should, should, should do this, that and the other. Did you grieve, and, um, did you grieve like, did you grieve a loss? Did you grieve a loss of that? Yeah, whole- definitely. Definitely. And you, you, you've no idea how many times that, that my account, Georgie St. Clair, nearly got deleted. Really? So I was just like, yeah, because I, I deleted everything as well. I deleted my original website. I, I deleted, uh, I stopped my Etsy shop. I deleted Pinterest. I deleted Facebook. I deleted Twitter. Is there big moves to make for something? Every, I, but I needed that mental space. I had to get that mental space back. And knowing it was all there, it was like a little beast that needed feeding. And whilst it was there, it was giving me, it was, it was trying to get to me, you know, and it was always a temptation to go back on. So I deleted everything except the Instagram account because it also had an um, oh you're still there there you are are you back yeah yeah it had emotions attached to it yeah um so I couldn't bring myself to delete it which I'm pleased about now because I'm still in contact you know like this lovely and it's like it's like a baby you've grown that you know from scratch you know there's another emotional element to it which there's memories attached to that yeah, you remember exactly. your child being born you remember your child yeah, growing exactly. while they're happy and you're so there's, exactly. there's positive memories associated yeah and that deletion is very final isn't it because it if, if you came back to instagram now you'd be starting again at zero and then oh i've started another account and i'm like how do you grow <laughs> this thing this is impossible <laughs> you forget that that connection you built up is back to zero when you, because I've got another account as well for the spirit oh. of training. And yeah. I, I just think, oh my God, this is so difficult because yeah, there's no reach. No. And then exactly. you forget that, that you've built up over time. That's why there's an element of reach. It doesn't just happen yeah. overnight. And now Instagram's a flooded platform as well. So it's like a whole different thing too. Do you find though, when you look back at your feed, Illustrating Rain feed though, it's also a really nice record of watching your 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 artistic journey as well like how you start where you started and where you've gone it's fascinating yeah, and just your work even how that develops yeah exactly yeah I look back and I remember just you know you just get like three likes but you were just so happy with your three likes yeah. <laughs> you could share your work you're like oh three people liked it and two of them are my sisters but it's really <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because, you know, I do have this, I speak to other creatives and one um, creatives that want to start a business and want to start an art business. And, um, and you know, they want to make an income. That's kind of a goal as well. And I always do say to them, there's, there's nothing as lovely as that feeling of when you've just started creating. And I remember first launching my business 
and I did want to make an income from it. That's why I launched it as a business. But that is like a really, I know I'm looking at it with rose tinted spectacles, but it's that idyllic time where all this hope and your dreams are just pregnant with possibility. And then you're creating just with the hope of what it's going to do. And that this is a, it's a lovely space to be in. And then, you know, when other people might look and say, oh, but it's great now because you're making an income from it. And thinking it's true, it is, but it feels really different to that first, you know, that when you're green to it, you just don't know what, you, and you don't even know the sinister side of, of, of people approaching your work, stealing your work, copying your work. Mm -hmm. None of that side yeah. is even, yeah. you're just not a privy to it until you're in it, you know, really. And then you're negotiating contracts and this, yeah. this whole other side. But then I don't want to put people off either because I don't, it's, it's incredible to be able to be paid to create art as well. Oh, it's amazing. It's a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege. It really is. And, you yes. know, I don't want it to be, you know, that whole starving artist myth. I don't want that just to keep being prevalent so people are too scared to even have a go. Yeah. But then I think it's important to be able to speak about these things too because yeah. in a way creatives can speak to other creatives about it, but we do it quite behind closed doors. We don't necessarily do it openly on a platform to say, well, this also occurs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know it's a good point. It is a good point. And I think, as it's a, again, it's all back to awareness. If you're aware from the outset, I was talking to someone yesterday and they do mentoring with young people who want to go into a creative career. And one of the things that they teach them is, you know, you have to do tax returns and you have to you know support yourself maybe with another job a part-time job or you're going to have to you know diversify what you do it's not just you sit in your studio all day being creative it doesn't work like that mm -hmm. um and so and as long as you're aware of that and you're comfortable with that then brilliant you know again it's all just back to this awareness yeah and also it's a bit like being in touch with what works for you as a person exactly so yeah. you know i might not be uh a what was it called I don't know what that person is called type a where you're just very go-gettery and very business oriented so it might not work for you on some level and you might just you might just be a small business you never expand you just stay as a one woman show which is fine as well yeah. or you might be really happy creating three days of the week and two days of the week you take a job but then we have to touch base with our own intuition again there and say well that might work for that person but I don't want to be doing that and that's a hard one because, we, again, we see a highlight reel on Instagram and websites and social media. So we think, oh, no, I want her life. I think I want her, her business, but I want to be me still. And the two won't match because, if, you know, that, that, that takes a lot of every YouTube video, every Pinterest post, every Instagram. It takes work to do. And the more you're engaged in it, the more work it takes. It's not you know devoid okay. of it really does depend on what lifestyle you want as well with it you know and that's knowing yourself isn't it that's going back to intuition and we aren't that other person over there we are us no I mean it's such an obvious thing to say but you know we are we're not so and so over there who's so you know doing really well they've had their own issues and we don't know what's happening behind closed doors and we don't know what's happening with their internal mechanism exactly we what's really going yeah. what they're going through we just exactly. like what they've got let's say yeah. we just like their followers we like the fact that they're working with so and so and that aspect of it but i do think that whole idea of our inner wisdom doesn't ever stop yeah. playing a part and i think yeah. we can lose touch with that and that's what i think is something we have to kind of it's like our north star that we've got to keep that can i can i sense that still because yeah. there'll be times when i can't sense it and then i know i'm off track 
like yeah. I just think oh, I don't I haven't felt in flow for so long and things might be out with you doing well because I remember at the height I was doing I remember at the height of like a couple of years ago outwardly it looked like I was doing really well and inwardly I think I just felt like I don't have that sense of feeling of you know that fulfillment that you were speaking about when you first started creating and I thought god I've gone so far from where I was when I began illustrating rain and the joy I had in creating it and then it had slowly morphed into what I would call the equivalent of a job that you don't really like but you're doing, now you're doing that and I thought it's weird that you can create that and it's it's kind of morphing into it without you even noticing so you have to kind of keep touching base again and saying is this something I want to do even if the outward world really responds well to it, but is it something I want to do? And I always say to other creators, be careful about starting something you don't enjoy, because if it takes off, you're going to be doing it for a lot of time. (laughs) And that's a tricky, you know, scenario to be in, because outwardly you look like you're doing really well and lucky you, and inwardly you're like, I didn't really like creating that, but now I seem to be creating it all the time. And I hate it. I hate my work. It's, yeah. So how did you find peace with that? How did you find your your way again with it? Well, I, in a way, I was quite, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was lucky. COVID happened and then the business took a hit. And so then it made me step back yeah. and think, right, if I'm going back into this, I really want every aspect of it to be stuff I really enjoy doing and it generating income. And because in a way it got taken out of my hands the income from certain areas stopped because of covid i couldn't go and do that anymore and then it was like right what is it you really want to do again and then it gave me time like you took time out and this was um involuntary but i had to take a step back yeah and then it then it did make me think that you can have an income and you can be a working artist and you can also choose what kind of work you want to do. You don't have to say, I mean, at the beginning, I wouldn't say no to anything because it was just like, I can't believe someone's willing to pay me to do anything like this. So <laughs> I'll just take it. Whereas yeah. now there's a bit of a discretion because I want to matter too to the whole thing. I want to feel good in what I'm creating. And if I want to be in it for the long haul, I'm going to have to take care of myself. It can't just be because then it's just a business. And then I would rather sell Bob Roll and make money because then that's just a business too, isn't it? And exactly. I think stress is a natural fact of creating the toilet roll, it just gets manufactured. Yeah. You know, you just delete the middleman that you see. So I think that's made me think I want to be in touch. And I think I've always been in touch with it, but I know I know I lost it. I did lose it when it became more of a, a business than about the creative aspect in actual fact when it was doing its best I wasn't even needing to create because people were buying yeah. old work yeah. so there wasn't even the creative element involved but that's yeah. what I'm most interested in do you think that Instagram social media had a, something to do though with the fact that you lost the joy slightly probably I mean it probably paid a part without a doubt I think uh, that and I think um creating work for corporate environments or industries that that aren't interested in creativity they're just interested in the outcome to sell a product mm-hmm. has a different feel to it when you're creating for an individual collector you know that loves your work and you love to create and it's a different feel and it was a real um detached feel with a lot of my clients they were businesses but they had no interest in you as a person in your creativity in the process it was just outcome based because of course that's what they're after 
and got a bottom line haven't they it's so. bottom, absolutely and it's got a purpose and this is the purpose it just happens to be we think your image could communicate that purpose so we'll have it and so the knack wheel is really alien too because you're you're connected to your work yeah. and then you're dealing with people that haven't got any interest in it apart from yeah, it's true yeah the outcome of what it can do for their product and so that can be a disconnect so i think when you I think you have to go through it a bit though, Georgie, before you get that awareness. Because if you had sat there and told me this a few years ago, I would just think, oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. You only learn from experiences, mm, you know. You do. Yeah. We'd all rather not go through them, but then we'd rather not not go through them either, if you see what I mean. Because Yeah, because it makes you a better artist at the end of the day. Yeah. All of this stuff is going to feed your work. It is, and then it moves you, like you've got Swap the Scroll, which I do yeah. love quite a lot as well, and then it brought you into the whole creative mindfulness arena, yeah. which is a real connection between the two then, because you're talking about that kind of inner guidance and the creativity element, and you're merging them really as they should be harmoniously together, yeah. and then we create, and then whatever gets created gets created. Yeah. It's exactly. coming from a different place altogether then, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very passionate about, I mean, the, the whole mindfulness thing, creativity is mindful. When you're in that flow state, you know, you're not thinking about anything else. You, you know, mindfulness isn't about sitting, meditating necessarily. You can be mindful. We can be mindful just talking to each other. You know, you can be mindful washing up. And creativity is a mindful activity, yeah. except when you're working for a client and you're that little voice is going, they're not going to like this. Or they, you know, <laughs> it's not mindful. <laughs> it's annoying. Uh, but yeah, so my whole thing with the creative mindfulness is just to bring people back. First of all, to get off the screen, yeah. get off Instagram, yeah. get off the tech, get, pick up a pen. And, and, and if you don't like sitting down meditating, you can access that, that place through creativity and you can you can access it through sports walking yeah. cooking for me obviously my thing is creativity as it is for you as well yeah um and just getting back in touch with 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 you yeah this place inside and not i think the reason we started talking about this wasn't it because we were talking about googling people yeah. googling like yeah. looking to google for the answers because yeah. google doesn't have the answers no. And also it's kind of like, it's weird how we've almost literally been blindsided into thinking, we don't know about us. It's like someone's gonna give you a handbook to say, well, this is a human handbook and you can Google it. So when you're feeling a bit shit, Google yeah. something a bit shit and we'll give you a solution. <laughs> and no, like a child doesn't Google anything. A no, child exactly. will cry if it wants to cry, then it'll go and colour if it wants to colour, then it'll shout if it wants to shout, and then the cycle is met. It's, it's, it hasn't, they haven't got any extra thinking around their behaviour like that. And I think we've reached an all-time high in outsourcing ourselves to other people. Never before oh, at yeah. this level, whether it's an expert on Instagram, whether it's Googling or, you know, a self-help author, whatever it is. We're advocates of, of going outside of ourselves. And yeah. I think with your swap the scroll and creative mindfulness, it's a calling back in. Like, yeah. come back, you're good, you do know. And this is a way of touching base with what you know. 
yeah exactly let's go from there as opposed to the other way around yeah i'll give you a, a bit of geeky a geeky bit of information here so you know you you when you you you're on you got your sat nav you got your google maps and um you know you my, my husband does this all the time he's like no that you know the sat nav doesn't say to go that way and i'm like no, but we can go that way it's a shortcut no no it doesn't say that way so this this there's research to say that when you rely on uh, things like Google Maps, you don't, you're not taking in the landmarks because what we do naturally is we create a map in our heads. Mm. You know, we have this, this ability inside us. We have internal GPS. Mm. So by outsourcing that to Google, you don't take in as much information, you don't take in the landmarks, you're less likely to, to, to remember the journey. And I did this experiment when I was studying of get, getting to a place without relying on the sat-nav. Okay. And I got there. <laughs> I got there. And I remembered everything about the journey. And, you know, I didn't have to rely on this blooming app which probably would have sent me the long way around anyway because it was it was only a local place so I know you know Sussex but it was it, it was it was so interesting to see how my I just I was like okay I can't necessarily remember that bit but I'm just gonna let my brain just do its thing and it remembered it bring it brought the information out the other thing that we've started doing in our house is you know when you forget a title or an actor's yeah. name or anything like that what we do now is we don't Google. Yeah. We're like, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it, yeah. and it comes yeah. back. It Might be an hour later, but it yeah. comes back because you're in your head. You have all everything you need. Yeah. Obviously, if you need to learn to knit or to fix a tire, Google's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but the Googleization of our brains is kind of what it's known as you don't need don't google it put the phone down and let your brain access its memory stores and like i say as simple as remembering an actor's name or a title of a film or anything like that and it will do you so much good it will do your brain so much good it's the balance isn't it because we have this technology which is phenomenal that we can that we can talk oh, about and you're exactly yeah. you know, right and then there's the other aspect which is yeah decide you have to have a bit of discretion i think now you know so do you need to do you really need to google that yeah. or, or could you just wait for it to come in yeah exactly trusting yourself i think we exactly. lose trust in ourselves when we keep going back to home because you know why would we trust ourselves then if we think google has told us this that or the other yeah and i find it really strange but and i do this myself but I would look at my phone to tell me what the weather's like, and I'm looking at the window at the same time. <laughs> it's like, well, there you go. That's what the weather's doing. Yeah. But I would still look at my phone to look at what the weather's saying. And I just think, you can even <laughs> tell when it's going to rain because it's clouds. It's it's hell. You can you feel it, don't you? <laughs> my allergies play up. My body's telling me it's yeah. going to rain. It's all there. And then I'll still look it up. It's mad, isn't it? Which is crazy. It's the same with fitness trackers. That's another thing. I, I gave up my fit. There's another thing I gave up, my Fitbit. <laughs> because you don't need a machine to tell you if you've done enough. You feel it. You, feel it. You, you, feel, you know, and the machine doesn't take into consideration how much sleep you've had, what you've eaten that day. 
what's you know you've had an emotional day with something gone wrong with your kids you know it doesn't take all that into consideration but yet we're like oh no I haven't done haven't done my 10,000 steps or whatever I need to do more you do the 10,000 steps either it just reminds you of what you haven't yeah. done what you failed yeah, it makes you feel bad it's yeah. like you're lazy you haven't done your 10,000 steps yeah you do feel bad then and there's so many things to feel bad about then yeah and there's all these apps to tell you why you're not doing so well yeah really like walk if you need to walk it's, it's yeah. kind of like yeah oh, frozen again oh, there you back. go there you're back you're back yeah 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 no it's true i think we've we've kind of lost touch with a bit of that and i think as creatives in a way everyone has this but because when we go to create something we have to touch that space yeah knowing because that's what we create from we create from an unseen space and it's yeah. an unspoken space and that's something i think we have to stay in tune with even when we're not creating yeah and i think that can be the the difficult thing to do because we don't always yeah definitely turn the devices off yes and then just focus on what you're doing do it to the extent you want to do it and then put it down and move on yeah exactly yeah. just trust trust that intuition trust yourself yeah you know yeah. the answers the answers aren't on google and the, the creative inspiration isn't on pinterest no it's not you know, and creative inspiration is when you go outside and you're you're out in nature and you're getting all the wonderful you know things that nature give you and it's like osmosis it's just churning internally and then you come and create and it's all there yeah which is going to be way more there than if you just scroll pinterest for four hours and then look for inspiration yeah and be bored it's so important to be bored to just wander and daydream because that again getting into you know brain neuroscience and things like that that time where you let your brain just rest yes. that's you it's doing stuff again how many times you I, I like doing code words you know these things where you have a number and it corresponds to a letter oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, i'll yeah. get stuck or sudoku's or anything like that i'll get stuck i'll walk away go and do some washing up come back i've got the answer because yes. i've allowed my brain to rest and it's like with a creative problem you know you can't try trying to come up with a brief best thing you can do don't go on Pinterest looking for inspiration. Best thing you can do is do some hoovering or yeah. some washing up or go for a walk or phone the friend. Yeah. Anything to stop you thinking about the creative problem because your brain is working on it and you'll get the solution. It's because it, you can lead to rumination. That's the, you just yeah. ruminate endlessly and it sucks up time and hours. And I think we have this false idea that if we go to somewhere like Google or Pinterest, they will solve our problem for us and they're not gonna solve that problem. And it could be as simple as getting a Dyson out and having a Hoover and you won't think to do that, but you will think to pick up your phone because we don't even think, we just pick up our phone constantly all yeah. the time now. And it's weird that there was ever a time when we didn't, I mean, for our generation, there was a time when we didn't pick up a phone. Yeah. It didn't exist. Exactly. And we'd get bored as children and that was- yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that, that was norm. It was nothing to be scared of, and now it's almost like we're scared to be in our own company on our own, without so without referencing somebody. It's weird because it's like we're scared of being alone, and yet what could be lonelier than using a device to feel connected? Which it's is so a true. Go out, go out, and just you're walking down the street or waiting for a bus, and everyone's like this, looking yeah. at them phone not talking to each other and not taking in what's happening around them you know just like Ooh. 
like zombies. We have yeah, I saw this a sculpt, a sculpture in Amsterdam. I, not, I haven't seen it, but I saw a picture of it. And it was this bench and it's these three people have been cast in plaster on these benches and they're just on phones and the phones are lit up. So their faces are only lit up from these phones and they're all just sitting there, but not together. They're just all on this, which is us now. <laughs> Yeah, it is alone together. Yeah, alone yeah. Together. Which is which is incredible, really. Yeah, but what do you do? I mean, it's hard. It's like again, it's back to that awareness. Yeah. Podcasts like this, you know, chatting like this is a really good thing. You know, just to hopefully bring awareness. Yeah, and I think for everyone, in a weird way, I think the message is to get to know yourself a bit yeah. more you know, whatever that might be. And you might love social media and you might love the internet and you might want to be on it 90% of the time, which yeah. is great, but have a purpose for being on it then and know why you're there and Absolutely. know that your identity isn't interwoven into that, that you are Absolutely. a separate being away from that, you know? Yeah. And you're, exactly. you're, you're a whole person without the likes, the comments and the duration of, of that because that can ebb and flow. And, you know, you're constant. You're not at the ebb and flow. You are constant as a person. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of touching base with that a bit more. Yeah, and quite often, you know, you'll turn to social media or your phone because there's something in you, like, you might be lonely. Yeah. Or, you know, and it's that's why it's so easy to pick up your phone. Oh, you're bored. So it's like just taking that moment to actually think, okay, hang on a sec. What's yeah. really going on here? Do yeah. I really want, do I really need to look at Instagram or am I just feeling bored? Or, or am I upset about something and what has upset me then? Exactly, yeah. It's yeah. distracting from our emotions because we don't want to feel what we're feeling. No, and this so is this And that you don't think that that feeling is your portal. Go into the feeling, don't go away from it. Yeah. That's, exactly. We're in the opposite way around in contemporary society right now. Yeah. And we're looking for distractions from our emotions where yeah. you feel them instead exactly and, don't and it's hard people. it's hard to face emotions when they're uncomfortable yeah and you know there might be things that you don't want to look at of course there are there's, there'll be loads of things you don't want to look at but you can't spend your whole life running and especially running to a phone or a device and then yeah. it's oh, I don't, you know because again those things that we don't want to face are normally again the biggest treasures that we've got to to mine you know and that will tell us something about ourselves and what we really want and then we're not touching base with that at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you do, you really lose that sense of self, don't you? you yeah. And then sometimes you, you just veer so far away, you've got a long way back. You know, yeah. it feels like a long journey back and really yeah. it's always with you. So you don't need to go so far from it. But I do think sometimes you have to make a conscious effort, which brings me to the final aspect of how do you keep in touch with that? intuition or wisdom on a daily basis because I imagine you make a point of doing that more now oh yeah yeah I mean I as, as you said at the beginning I'm training to be a mindfulness teacher now mm -hmm. um, so mindfulness and meditation is a huge part of my life mm -hmm. and practice and I make sure that I have silence silent time mm -hmm. and I have solitude away from the family as well yeah um and I, but I'm not I you know I went through it those few years ago and then deciding to give it all up I, w I really went through it and it was really uncomfortable and and you know mental health wasn't brilliant yeah 
and I'm like okay, and I, but I can be okay with that now because I've done a lot of god it all sounds a bit I've done all this work you know all myself <laughs> but I have I've got comfortable with being uncomfortable because yeah. you can be you know if you don't have the highs if sorry if you don't have the lows you don't have the highs yeah and I'm uncomfortable with being uncomfortable yeah. and uh so obviously because of what I'm doing I do spend a lot of time just in that present moment and I tell you actually the other day I had that rush of I need to be on Instagram I need to be posting and like this panic of oh if I don't get on there I'm not gonna make my this you know I've got this new business and if I don't do it I'm gonna be rubbish and it's all gonna go to shit and I just you know whereas before I would have rushed off to Instagram or done yeah. something posted something but I just was like oh this I I remember this feeling I've had this yeah. okay this is interesting and I just sat I just sat literally just sat with it like in a chair mm. and I was like ah oh, okay this is me feeling insecure and you know yeah but I didn't rush off to Instagram and I think that's that's what I'm trying to say with what I'm doing is just don't you don't even have to stop your habits just notice them yeah. just notice the thought processes notice what you're feeling and then make a choice or you know it's about choice yeah as well and being a, in a space to be able to observe your thoughts yeah because otherwise you're just in reaction to them all the time yeah. and you know like a lot of people I'm saying oh, I take a moment in a quiet space you can do this in a busy room in a busy on the bus you just literally what's happening in my gut you know what you know you get these gut feelings or you get an, a, an ache in your arm that you know it's a sort of a stress thing or yeah, yeah. it's just use your body your body tells you what what you need to know again going back to the intuition your body your body has all the answers you that's don't need fantastic. to go to Google. that's fantastic to know because there's this, this massive preconception with meditation and mindfulness that it has to be done in solitude and no. silence for copious amounts of hours and it's just not that. No, it's touching base with your body, feeling your hands, feeling your feet, even just feeling the ground beneath you, anything that can ground you or just one breath, anything like that can be meditative. It absolutely and anywhere. anywhere. You can notice it anywhere, you know, in any situation. And it's really good to try and do that. If you notice yourself losing the plot, like I felt myself the other day, just going a bit spiraling out of control, just noticing that. And it takes practice. It, you know, if you're not used to, to doing that, it mm. takes practice. But um, you don't, what happens is you don't automatically react. You don't go to that animal brain that's just wanting to react straight away. You, you start using your rational thinking brain to just go okay hang on a sec yeah. I'm actually feeling lonely now yeah and it's, it's worthwhile cultivation practice isn't it really yeah. rather than saying for the rest of my life I will be in reactive mode because <laughs> who wants to live like that which is stressful and that's what social media does it's yeah, and you burn out you know, that, that, exactly that's not yeah. a, that's fine you will lose the plot at some point and that will be the end of that you can't carry on that's not a realistic you know way of living i don't think for the long haul it's not, it's not it's a short lived short bursts of living that is yeah and i think that's why people are having so much issue now with the tech we've all been on zoom a lot yeah 
all you know emails and, and and social media and all the being bombarded all the time with 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 messaging and te technology is we're constantly reacting we're always reacting to things and it's stressful it is, it is and everything is urgent it's, there's a state yeah. of emergency all of the time yeah it is yeah yeah a body isn't prepared to live like that because our body no. is created to live like that but in this era, we really are in a state of, I always feel everything's a bit urgent. You know, if I get an email, I think I must respond to that. And, you know, have to look professional. And if you get this message, you don't want people to be offended. So you want a message. And everyone's got this kind of sense of wanting to be heard instantly. Yeah. And, it, you know, and then that's, that's created this sense of urgency and emergency all the time. Yeah, it's just so true. And then we're spent because and then real emergencies do happen. And then we're spent before they even come along. Because we're like, I thought every day was an emergency, but now I'm in a real emergency. And it's, you know, how and it's really not. You know, an email comes in. It's really not, is it? You know, no, it's really round post. It really isn't. Yeah. And there's only so many things you could spend your energy on like that, worrying and concerning yourself. And 99% of them aren't worth your time. Really not. No. They're really not. And, you know, it's also you, managing people's expectations. So people yeah. know me now, but I don't instantly respond to no. things. Which is great because you're setting a boundary there. Yeah. We can be at fault for being so responsive. Yeah, people got really cross with me in the beginning. Like, and when I came off Facebook, people were really cross. <laughs> it was like I was shunning them, you know, they were really cross with me. Yeah. But, and like if I didn't, because um, somebody told me, a French lady, she's, she's very um, uh, direct. Yeah. You yeah. didn't answer my, my, my WhatsApp straight away. And I was like, well, no, I didn't. And did that, what difference did that? We were trying to make an appointment to have a, some coaching, yeah. giving her some coaching. And I was like, so what, you know, what was the worst that could happen? And she, she was like, oh, yeah, well, no, nothing really. I just had to wait. And we got the appointment sorted. And now she does it. Now she doesn't, she has she's told people she has time off after like six o'clock or I think it was. She doesn't respond straight away and people, okay, they're like, okay, fine. You know, she, so she's managed their expectation. Yeah, because people respond to you how you're kind of projecting them to respond yeah. to you. And if you are an instant responder, yeah. then they're going to think, well, you're instant response and respond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have friends like that, don't you? You just know they're going to be yeah. answering your WhatsApp straight away. If they don't, um, what's happening here? Why aren't they responding? Yeah, 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 it's true. And, you know, sometimes when it comes to business, running a business, yeah. if you don't respond immediately, accepting that, okay, I might not get that job because I didn't respond within the hour. I, yeah. It took me five hours to respond. And yeah. just accepting that, that, okay, that's fine. But then I'm not going to work very well with that that client anyway perhaps yeah. if they are so reactive yeah. like, that's not how I work that's right um, and then you do have to accept the fact that those losses are going to be part of the process and that you're yeah. okay with that and I think at the beginning that's difficult because you're just Very. It to work so you're just not willing to take any losses really no no as not on, as you go on you've paid the price of not having those losses so you think no I'm okay. I'm a bit more savvy to this because like you say, if they're instantly responding, their chances are they're going to be like that throughout the whole brief. Exactly, yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Then, I mean, I did have, that did happen to me really recently. And I'd set a boundary only recently, really, that on Fridays, after Friday, I don't respond to anything over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And because I deal with a lot of American clients, they're like up to 10 hours behind us. 
so they could still be responding to me into Friday evening you know um, but I'd cut off that time for me like Friday evening I'm done well Friday afternoon I get done and then this lady emailed me from America and said oh you know we want to have a meeting and I was oh well I can only do Monday now it's Friday and there was this urgency and she wanted to and it's I got swept up with all the urgency and then in the end I was doing a zoom on a Sunday and I had to do the job by the Monday and then you know between the 24 48 hours my boundary just got blown out the window because I let it and then I was in this whole experience that was just speeding up and she was even more urgent once the job started and I thought this is not how I want to be working and it's interesting because you can learn that and create a boundary and then slip and yes. then kind of pop out again right enough of that I'm not doing that again but and how did it feel when you were sort of wrapped up in that do you know what it felt horrible I needed about two days to get over it afterwards you really tired afterwards. Like, you know like, who's yeah. up for those 20 and it was so urgent she creates such a sense of urgency and there was a deadline on it but I had to bear in mind that it was a you know it's a deadline for something that just does not humanity does not need it it's not like yeah. the urgency can be like their it's neurosurgery and someone's being yeah. <laughs> that's and an urgent thing yeah, but that great it can be created like that you know and if it's a big job on the table and it's big money and it's a big corporation it can get really urgent and then we have a false sense of that urgency and it's not real and we have to be willing to take the losses of that as well though yeah. I wonder what would have happened if you'd stuck by your, your boundaries I don't know because she said the deadline was that Monday so I wouldn't have, I would have had to take the loss of not having that job let's say so you think you would have lost the job yeah because I think the deadline was that day so it was I mean I think it was who knows yeah. I mean she it's might deadline up I have no idea and but did you what did were you pleased with the output no no uh, really, you felt rushed it, it was so rushed and she really wanted that that flowful feeling of my work which at one o'clock in the morning Georgie is not flowing no, of course I but mean, what, I, what I would say is your work is no one else can do your work so if the deadline had been Monday they wouldn't have been able to find anyone else to do what you do because your work because your creative work is unique yeah so uh, you know I would say you know the difference of a day yes wouldn't have made any difference because no, no. they can't get it it's not like they can go to no. Amazon and get no, it no. Or wherever, so. and this is where I think when we have our boundaries in place and then we negate them Mm. and then it's awful and, awful. Awful. and you, you've got swept up in this state of emergency that isn't really an emergency and then you've not even created the work you wanted to create because the deadline was just yeah. not really short yeah and then you're just like oh well that was that wasn't a good yeah thing. but the, and and all of that is a learning process so I think even when you think you've learned it something will show up to show you maybe you haven't fully learned it yeah well you need exactly you need that experience don't you for next time it is it is a little bit of experience I did appreciate it as that experience because it did make me think again well how yeah. do you want to work yeah exactly I work with a client and this is not and, idyllic and did they brief it in late then was that were, the, the, the company itself that was commissioning it were always they're renowned for being late she said the lady said that was running it she's a branding agency and then she therefore had no choice but to do it on a late call as such and that's why there was such a state of emergency around it see that's so unfair on you I mean it's their their issue that yes. they are 
late breathing it in and they've put that pressure on to you the artist yes um which is you know being the, like the compassionate side is oh she was really stressed because she was under pressure yes. so the, like, you can be compassionate to her but at the end of the day they briefed it in late that's their problem yeah that is and really I, it's not like i know knew her and i've got a fantastic relationship so right. help out this was just a cold call of an you know yeah. connection so it was a lesson for me to learn really interesting like, um, they're, they're good lessons they are good they lessons because they're good they're like, not nice at the time but. yeah and you could easily put it down to, oh, it's just a one-off, but really it, your life can just become that if you don't, yeah. not care. Reactive. Yes, yeah. and clients like that can feel like they can respond to you like that. Yeah, and they will if you let them. They will, yes, yes, more often than not, they do. And so you have to yeah. draw the line. Because like you said, you're they're, they're commissioning work that can't be created other than you creating it. So it's not, the leverage of that is on your side in fairness. But you have to have that, really? you know, sense of value in your yeah. own work. And that's the advantage of being an artist, I suppose, yeah. when you get to that stage where you're being commissioned for your work. No one else can. Well, you can get copycats and they do exist. But at the end of the day, it's never going to be as good as the original, is it? So, no. so there is that. Um, like you say, that is leverage. And that is that is why they go to artists direct. Yes. Because you're something unique and special. Yeah. And that's something to remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even though last week I forgot, George. <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there. God, we've all been there. My goodness, you know. And we swear not to do it again, and we do. Because, like, if you really want the job as well, you know, yes. those jobs that come in, you're like, I really want this. Yes. I'll do anything. But it's weird, isn't it? Because I did have that notion. I did want that job. But at the same time, I, re I remember thinking, you didn't have it a minute ago, and you were fine. Yeah. <laughs> five minutes before this email, you were fine yeah. and you didn't have the job. And then five minutes later, you're not fine. And it, that thought did keep popping into my head that day yeah. when I was working. I thought to think that a minute ago you were just okay with everything. Yeah, yeah isn't all it? All of a sudden, you're not. Because <laughs> it makes things up as well, doesn't it? All of a sudden, yeah, it's goalposts. And it's like, now this is important. But a few minutes ago, it wasn't important. No, exactly. It's good that you're aware though. You're you're obviously really kind of in touch with your like intuition yeah. and what, what you're prepared to do. So that's yeah. brilliant. But you know, you have to keep reminding yourself. Yeah, you do. Um so as we're closing up, I'd like to know where people can find you, Georgie, so they can be in touch with you about everything you've spoken about today. So where can we find you? Uh, so Instagram, I'm at Georgie St. Clair, but my new venture is called Swap the Scroll. Um, there's a website that's called swaptheScroll.com and on there there's loads of, um, well I'm building a database of creative mindfulness exercises. So you, you literally swap the scroll on your phone to go off and do something lovely and creative. Mm -hmm. um, and that also has an Instagram account, uh, which is at Swap the Scroll. Um, and I've also got my own art website, which is georgiesaintclair.com. But mostly you'll find me, hmm, where will you find me? Occasionally, like digitally, you'll probably find me on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Trying not to do it too much. I With boundaries in place, because I have With noticed. boundaries, yes, yes. Because yes. I have noticed you have nice gaps <laughs> between your posts. And but Instagram doesn't like that. 
No, but I, I, do, I do admire that. I like, I like that. Instagram has this beast of a, let's feast on daily posts. Yeah. And so I've noticed that you have a few gaps, which is great. I'm okay. I'm all right with that. I will, you know, get back into posts, probably the swap the scroll. I, I do want to grow it. I'm passionate about it and I want to run workshops. And so you'll probably see me over time building on that more, great. to be fair. Yeah. But yeah, I just pop in, pop out. Enjoy, enjoy enjoy your work always and what you're doing you're doing some brilliant stuff and also that is the best thing about instagram i think yeah. other artists finding other community people and linking yeah. up connecting that's one of my favorite things about instagram really absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. We yeah. and where we discovered sassy in the initial stages i'm gonna have to do a sassy do fleur now you know that I think you have to just a little bit just even one all right just bring her back all right just in case like I might pop her in every yeah, sort of night. Sassy every now and again for us long-termers. <laughs> that's really, is that how you, that's how you discovered that's exactly me? how I found you. And I think you were a bit of a trailblazer at the time because I hadn't seen it before. No. And then after you, I have to be honest, I just see it quite often, but I think- It's everywhere it. now. But it wasn't. I think you were a bit of a trailblazer with a stop start animation too. Because yeah. that's where I remember seeing it first. And it yeah. worked really well with the work you were doing and the work you are doing now. And I remember thinking, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, I yeah. like that. So I think you've always been ahead of the curve, which I think you are a bit again, if I'm honest. And even though this is out there, I don't think people have always linked the two with creativity no. and mindfulness. So I think you might be onto a, a new thing again. So. That would be nice. That'd be a hat trick. Oh, and I'm doing mandalas now, paper mandalas. And that, like, that, they're not that, like, people aren't looking for them, but you never not know. That could be another thing. No. Yeah. So, there, see, that's four ahead of the curves. Oh, okay, cool. I'll take your no pressure. Like that. <laughs> no pressure to stay ahead of the curve, Georgie. <laughs> I don't have additional pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Georgie, for joining us. And um, it's been great having a guest on. I'm going to do this more often, I think. You should. You should. So if anyone has any questions, you can contact me on illustratingray at gmail.com. And I will be back again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.